Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, Mr. J.W. Crewall. J.W., how's it hanging today? Hey, it's hanging pretty well, Riley. How are you doing? I am doing all right. It's my uh, it's my first week back in the office mm-hmm. in what feels like a really long time, because I was also traveling for work for multiple weeks. Yes. So, um... Like, sitting down in my office space on Monday and just, like, working there all day was a really bizarre feeling. <laughs> mm, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm in my home office, so I kind of was, like, sitting here some of the break, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't like a, like a culture shock, you know, going back <laughs> in to the office. But I got to say, I looked at some of the documentation that I was writing the day before I left. I was like, <laughs> Ooh, I do not remember <laughs> yeah. half of this. Yeah, that's uh on Monday I, I was like, do I even know what I'm doing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and it's also really awkward. We got put on a project just kind of like a week before break, but then various people were out of town and it just things lined up where we were kind of on this project. Um but but nobody really knew what to do because there were different managers off or uh, the, cli- the client was gone. You know, just different things where it was like the communications were just getting getting mixed up. Obviously, we had many other projects to work <laughs> on, but it was just like one of those specific projects. I was like, oh, OK, I so I, I kind of know what I'm supposed to do, but I have no one to talk to about it. You know? Yeah, it's a uh, it's tough, man. The around this time of year, like the the couple of weeks on both sides are just <laughs> really well i tough. think i know for the future and this is for this is for really anyone that that works an office job i don't think if i'm in town that is i don't think i'll ever take the week between christmas and new year's off really because i could just see myself not doing anything and despite like there's just not work to be done for the most part sure you know, i mean there's there's self-study so I did a lot of self-study. Um, I'm trying to work towards a certification. Yeah. Uh, and so I was doing a lot of that. There was a little bit of kind of cleanup here and there, but it was just extremely slow. So I think in the future, I'm going to save my vacation days for for a different time. Because I think especially if you work remotely, that's that's a decent move for an office job or like yeah. a remote office job. I uh, My first, I, I took off obviously like the week of New Year's this past year, but... Um, in previous years I haven't, and it was, uh, just like super like heads down, just do whatever I want, catch up on stuff kind of time. Yeah. Very chill. My my boss was like, yeah, every year I would, I would get in at 10 and clean, (laughs) clean my desk and then leave at three. When I, when I worked at Black Friday, uh, the year before last, it was like that too. It was just like nobody was there. I could just do whatever I wanted. <laughs> nobody <laughs> would know the difference. <laughs> That's funny. It is. Uh, so, pro tip for office workers, I guess. There you go. There That's... you go. But but you didn't hear from from us. You know, don't don't slack at your job because JW and Riley told you to. Right. Always right. work very hard at your job. <laughs> so true. Well, we got a a jam-packed agenda here today, so we're going to go through uh, some recent interesting developments regarding a famous influencer and their Pokemon cards, talk about the format in lieu of Mew. Uh, There was a tournament held just the other day uh, with Mew VMAX Band. We'll talk through how that turned out. We'll do our classic card of the day section, and then we'll round out with kind of a classic tag team top five meta review sounds great riley i think we have a jam-packed day we sure do so (laughs) starting from the top here uh jw you found an interesting article and sent it over to me very funny uh if unfortunate logan paul some of his pokemon cards maybe all of them at least his first ed ones are not real (laughs) yeah well yes and there's a little bit of a caveat because the the um headline is very eye-catching right where it's like sure he he spent millions on cards that are fake which is 
possibly true, possibly true, but <laughs> probably what actually happened is instead of being first edition, they were just like unlimited. unlimited. Yeah. Right. So, so they're fake first editions. Or like they're resealed. Not necessarily... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so... I, when you sent that over to me, what's, what sprung to mind to me, sorry for interrupting you, is I, I swear I saw this before is like the guy who helped Logan Paul with like his big opening video and all that. Like, who was the, he's the guy who's like inspecting the cards and stuff. Yeah. Uh, was like a con artist or something. Like, he had done this before. <laughs> That's incredible. So, like, it, it almost doesn't surprise me that this happened. So for those that don't know, let me just go over it again yeah. really quickly. Logan Paul spent over $3 million on sets of Pokemon cards. Um, presumably, he bought one of, if not the only remaining sealed first edition Pokemon case. So a set of six boxes. You know, it's not not verified to be the only one, but certainly an extremely rare piece. And then also bought some, um, you know, just, just regular uh, first edition boxes, but totaling over three and a half million. There's some speculation. Well, actually probably pretty confirmed speculation that they are not what he thinks they are. And it's just funny. Cause yeah, Riley, you're saying like the guy he bought them from, the well, I don't, I don't I don't know if it this particular broker is the same one, but the original mm-hmm. guy he had from his video back in gosh, 2019, is that mm-hmm. when it was at this point? <laughs> the, where he had the where he had the like first edition Shadowless Charizard thing? The, the one yeah, and he did the the break, right? He did yes. the break and he had yes. like the four other guys with him and they were sitting at this table that was like I can very vividly picture the video. <laughs> <laughs> and one of those guys who was like the you know, he's the guy who's like, oh, yeah, this this card's legit kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, he was like, apparently he had, like, done that, where he had sold, like, resealed and limited stuff to mm. people before. That's not good. No. So not the kind of crowd record, you want to hang around with. Track record not great for Big Logan Paul. The interesting thing about this, I was reading a little bit more, watching a few videos, was that he got it authenticated but didn't actually see the product. <laughs> and he got it authenticated through a company that doesn't specifically deal with Pokemon cards. They're more of a sports card mm. grading authenticator. So they know cards generally, but maybe not Pokemon cards. And then I watched a longer video detailing just why people think that his case was fake. And they think that the barcode doesn't quite line up. They think there's some issues there and with the uh, there's some weird like um, numbering issue. There's a big number across the side, big black number on the case that people are linking to a set of just regular unlimited cards, not first edition unlimited cards. So there's a lot of different things. It's really actually some interesting YouTube videos out there if you go out and search (laughs) for them, just detailing what could possibly be wrong. And the interesting like the worst part about this whole thing, right, for Logan is that you're really only because you're probably not going to open the case, right? You're not going to break. Right. They come, with, they come the with the seal. They come with the seal. You don't want to break it. So you, you'll never see what's inside, presumably. <laughs> and so you're kind of going by faith and you're going by one sticker on the outside of the box that says first edition, <laughs> you know, base set first edition cards. So it's just such an interesting, intriguing story. Three and a half million. I can't imagine spending that much and then not <laughs> getting, getting the product that you paid for. <laughs> yeah, get, not getting the product that I paid for, not getting it authenticated yeah. by a real Pokemon card grading authority. It it boggles my mind. Did you see he was also getting flack on – it's completely unrelated. He was getting flack on Twitter the other day because he made that, like, Game Boy table, you know, where he, oh. he took a bunch of old Game Boys and put them in resin First off, the table looks horrible, but <laughs> but people were very upset because there were like rare Game Boys in there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I I don't get that. I don't really get getting upset over it, to yeah. be honest. Like, I mean, if he was just going to put it on display anyway, it's his Game Boy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't I don't get that for sure. It's like, he can but it is on. an ugly table. I will say that. Okay, well that can be debated, but honestly, <laughs> JW loves it. 
Well, no, no, I don't love it, but I can respect it as someone that has. I can. Re- I also can respect that he did it himself. Like he posted exactly, video right? over me. the last couple weeks. Yeah. Like I'm getting a newfound respect for people that do, you know, various home improvement projects. Or in his case, <laughs> making a resin case, Game Boy making table. Making a resin Game Boy table. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can respect that. And there's something, there's a pride that comes with that, right? You're yeah. Like, I made this with my own hands. I mean, he kind of made that, right? He didn't make the Game Boys, but he made the table. It'd be really cool if he made the Game hands. Boys. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> well, there you go. Logan Paul, disrespecter of Game Boys and maybe not wise spender. So true. <laughs> Let's go into our next segment then because I feel like Logan Paul is a whole rabbit hole. That, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other episode, I think. Yeah, there's a Logan Paul episode in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about the the Turtwig Dens Mew Band Tournament. This was really interesting. It, it was actually a pretty popular event, too. Looking at, like, what was it, 170 people who played in it? Yeah, just about. So, Turtwig Den 2022 Tournament with Mew VMAX Band. Now, as we, as we know... And as we've kind of promoted on this podcast and on our own personal Twitters, and many people are saying this, Mew is one of the best decks, not only of this format, but possibly, I would I would say, one of the best decks of all time. And so Definitely it just dominates. Angry, that's for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. So um, it's just very interesting how dominating Mew VMAX has been in the current standard format. And then... Of course, people are kind of sick of it. So we see these branch off tournaments. So Turtwig's Den hosted a tournament with new VMAX band, and it had some slightly interesting results. Yeah. So there was definitely an interesting kind of like domino effect as well, or it's mm-hmm. like Mew being banned had the immediate consequence, probably the most expected consequence of like the fighting decks being relatively popular because uh, they lost their biggest weakness based matchup. But as a consequence of that, there was actually quite a few well-placing Shadow Rider decks, which, you know, Shadow Rider, I feel like it's a lot of flack for not being the best deck or being inconsistent. So it was really cool to see there was a Shadow Rider in top eight, and then there was a bunch more in, like, the top 16, top 32 of this event. So <laughs> really good performance by Shadow Rider. Honestly, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was really interesting. I thought heading into a tournament like this that there would be since mu v max was banned the next kind of in line the next successor in my eyes is the jolteon deck so i figured that the top eight would be littered with <laughs> jolteon decks but that absolutely was not the case we saw that the rapid striker shifu deck came out on top piloted by kevin abernathy and you know some other interesting things but yeah like you said i think the the really big surprise is that so there wasn't really that much jolteon or if there was you know there were about 10 players in the 170 so uh 10 players playing jolteon um you know people maybe thought that there would be a lot of jolteon thus they played urshifu and then people thought well if a lot of people are playing urshifu then maybe i'll play shadow rider <laughs> like you said this kind of domino cascading effect that uh, is really fascinating. And we've talked about in the podcast before as well. It's kind of like you need to be that next level of the meta, right? The like, counter to the counter. The counter to the counter. And we literally saw that play out here with like the decks that were successful. <laughs> this event. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be on the cutting edge. Not not too far. But I think, you know, one step removed, right? If everyone you think is going to play Jolteon, if you think that's going to be the best deck and then everyone's going to counter that then you need to be on that one step further. And so those uh, Shadow Rider players certainly were, were, were cooking something up there on that, uh, on that next level. Yeah, and you know, even a Dragapult making uh, the top eight there as well. Cool to see. Psychic certainly. decks are good. <laughs> Turns out. It just, they're not as good when you can play a better one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would why would I play Shadow Rider when I could play Mew? Is the ever present question. I mean that is very legit, right? Because you just think about the as as good as unlimited damage can be, you don't necessarily need yeah, it. Yeah. Right? You don't necessarily need it. And it takes a while to get up there. And it's just much much less consistent, right? You're playing 13, 14, 15 energy in some cases in these decks. 
along with having to evolve to get your draw power going, it can be a little bit of a mess at times. But again, the format's so fast with Mew in it that it just pushes Shadow Rider completely. And out I of think the uh, I think if you, especially like Shadow Rider as a psychic deck compared to Mew, because Shadow Rider, you know, the point is to draw a lot of cards and to do a lot of damage. Um, and that's what Mew does. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the yeah. best of any deck in the format is it draws a lot of cards and does a lot of damage. At least like a deck like Dragapult, I could see still existing alongside Mew because Dragapult does something unique in mm-hmm. in the spreading of damage. Uh, whereas Shadow Rider doesn't really have that. You know, yeah. I get, you have like the the Galarian Articunos, but that's not like a spread strategy. That's just right, and it's not a primary strategy for sure. Yeah, so. It's it's cool to see. I I always like when they do these like hyper hyper centralized meta and they just ban the card for one tournament. I don't like the concept of just like banning decks outright unless they're truly a problem. I don't think Mew is necessarily at that threshold um to ban it. We might we might agree to disc I mean, I would I would ban at least one piece of the puzzle. Maybe ban a piece of the puzzle, but like not ban the deck outright. Right. right? Um and the, the piece to ban wouldn't be like Mew V Max, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. For sure. <laughs> you can still play the deck. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see though. It's cool to see. I always enjoy seeing those as like one-off events. You know, it, it takes me back to when we'd see like the ADP ban tournaments and like Santa Condo would win. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, it's really cool because I think this is something that we can take from the video game community where they're always doing crazy things with their game to try to make it fresh, new, and interesting. And to some extent, we're seeing that with these tournaments. We're seeing that with the GLC format that Andrew Mahone has created. And so I like people to be a little bit more creative with how they build decks or how they structure the game. Um, And certainly this was very popular, right? I think a lot of people kind of resonated with oh, Mew is is very popular, let's get rid of it, and let's have some fun in this little bit slower, you know, theoretically, a little bit slower format. I think um, it's something that we should definitely be promoting. So if you have good ideas for these kinds of tournaments, I mean, I'm I'm all for people kind of getting on Limitless. They make it so easy to just for create real. these tournaments. Do you, do you remember the tournament last year? Where it was like you had to play a Dragapult VMAX in your deck or something like that. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> and then Azul won with a single strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. It was like, I think you had to, it's like you had to play like, you had to play a higher count, I thought too. It wasn't just like one of them. Yeah, you had to, I think you had to play like a 4 4 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, re- that was really funny. That was. I want to see. I want to see more like creative cards. events like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys have any ideas, make sure to tweet at us at Tag Team Pokemon. Get some. Uh, but we should. We should host a tournament, Riley. I think that'd be yeah. really fun. We should. That would be fun, and we could commentate over it and stuff. Yeah. Ideas. 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 We got lots of creative ideas. And you know what else we got here, at JW? What's that? We got a card of the day. Oh, that we do. That's me. Uh, it's my cue. So my card of the day is from 2009. This is about when I was getting into the game. I wasn't playing competitively, but I was getting into the game. I was learning about what SPs were, what level Xs were, what that whole format was about, Diamond and Pearl. And there was this card that I always saw that I thought was really interesting because it's just so unique. They always do a really cool job of bringing in Ash's Pokemon into the games and <laughs> they did it in diamond and pearl. And, and maybe, you know, which card I'm talking about since you're such a big Pichu stand, but there is a Pikachu. Like, I don't know if Pikachu M level X, yeah. the M is kind of the Pikachu tail. So I don't even know if it's actually supposed to be an M, but it's really cool because Pikachu is just a basic Pokemon. Normally on these level X cards, they will have the the final stage evolution get the level X. But it was Pikachu, so that's really unique. And then also, it was Ash's Pikachu because most SP trainers, in fact, all SP trainers, had 
or SP cards had their trainer in the bottom right-hand corner of the card. So for this one, it's Pikachu, and it's got Ash Ketchum pointing out at you. It's just a really fun, inventive card. And uh, we'll be posting this on the Twitter so you guys can see it, um, you know, in, in a couple of days now. But, uh, yeah, really great card, beautiful, interesting in a lot of ways. Again, that little Pikachu tail in the title is really unique. Got Ash on the card. Just a cool one. <laughs> you know, I I know the card you're talking about, and I, I pulled it up as well. I did not realize that um, that it was referred to as, like, Pikachu M. I always just thought of it as, like, a kind of a nebulous Pikachu tail symbol. <laughs> yeah. Because usually, like, the, the letter refers to the trainer in some way, right? Like, you have Garchomp C, which is, like, for champion. Mm. Or you have... Uh, you know, Luxray GL for gym leader and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So like, what is the M for? Well, now I'm, now I'm, my mind is blown because I didn't realize the C and the, (laughs) you did (laughs) it. And the GL. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's C, GL, E4, G. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. G for galactic. I didn't put the pieces together. G like Turtwig, right? Because that's the bug or the grass gym leader. Yeah, like Turtwig GL. Yeah. So what is? Okay. There's then, Crovat G for Galactic. Okay. And yeah, Luxray G. Infernape E4. For Elite ah. Four, because it's Flint from the Elite Four. Okay, so what does SP mean? I, that's what I was like, going to ask you like actually special? when you were when you said that you were learning about SP. I was going to ask if you had <laughs> learned what SP itself meant. <laughs> that's a great question because i don't know i don't know if it actually means anything yeah it's just like you know ex or something i if it arbitrary. if it means anything it probably means special is my right. guess right it, it, <laughs> it's gotta be i'm gonna google it real quick but my i guess my question is what is a pokemon m what does the m mean i mean it's got to be a pikachu tail does it? I mean, it is a Pikachu tail. Hmm. But I feel like if, if it's referred to as M, maybe it is actually an M, and the M stands for something. Uh, Misty. It's a Misty, <laughs> Misty's, Pikachu. Misty's Pikachu. With Ash on the on the card. I digress. Okay, Pokemon SP are a variant found in the Pokemon trading card game. SP, an abbreviated form of special Pokemon. There you Very... Go. Vary depending on the theme of the expansion with which they appear. Very interesting. There is Pokemon G, Pokemon GL, Pokemon 4, Pokemon C. How about this one? Pokemon FB. Frontier Brain. Frontier Brain. Frontier Brain. So you got like the most notable, I think, would be Dragonite FB, which had kind of a punishing attack for opponents SP Pokemon. But yeah, Pokemon, and he, he had the Battle Tower guy on him. He did. There are actually many other Pokemon M. Okay. Pokemon M were debuting. They were classified as movies Pokemon. Uh. And they have the anime character that uses them in the bottom right in the Arceus to a Conquering Spacetime movie. And apparently these were promos that were somehow associated with the movie. There you go. There's That's, a Pichu. There is a Pichu. Yeah, I think it has a bunch of different arts, too. Oh, it's adorable. I know. It's like the oh only Pichu gosh. card that I... It's one of, if not the only Pichu card that I don't have. I, yeah, that one's insane. I'm just seeing the one. If there are multiple <laughs> arts, I don't see that. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, there's six arts. There's nine arts. Yeah. There's ten arts. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. They're beautiful. I know. <laughs> what the heck i know yeah They're, you have to get these i don't know i i haven't looked at them in a while they last time i looked at them i was in college and it was way outside of my budget <laughs> my <laughs> budget so has insane. since changed <laughs> there's one pichu it has like a little um okay so so the idea here i think <laughs> is that for some of these pichus I guess for all of them, they gave them, they gave like some artist or some child, like a static image. And then they were tasked with drawing behind it apparently because there's just like, 
you know, the peach is in the same position, but it's got like strawberries <laughs> and poorly drawn. It's like a it's like a coloring used. book prompt, you know, like one that you yes. get at the menu at a restaurant. Yes, exactly like that. Wow, these are great. There's a there's a Pichu with a little rainbow and a uh, flower hat on. There's a Pichu staring at the moon. These are insane. Well, I'll I'll look into to getting some of these. Maybe I'll make it a card of the day and show it off one day. Sounds good. <laughs> these are really cool. And so we all learned something new. SP is a special Pokemon, and Pokemon M are movie Pokemon. So there you go. Can't say tag team hasn't taught you anything, unless you already knew that. Then I guess you, <laughs> I guess you could say that then. <laughs> but only if you have never learned anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well gw i think it's about time we uh we thank our sponsor absolutely yeah thank you thank you thank you so much too and that's it <laughs> <laughs> we're getting unhinged man i know i know, I know. Sorry. The, the later we go it's, the it's more unhinged the, we're becoming it's the middle of my first week back at work, so <laughs> true true kind of losing it but thank you so much to Manscaped, our sponsor for the podcast. Manscaped is one of, if not the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Riley, you have tried their products. I've tried their products. What's your favorite? Honestly, the, the Lawnmower 4.0 is my favorite. It's so, so nice. Uh, whether you're using it for above or below-the-waist grooming, you know, whatever suits your needs, um, it is just so smooth and you'll never get a nick from it which is amazing especially with the below the waist grooming you don't want a nick down there trust me i've tried other razors and they will give you nicks uh so lawnmower 4.0 reigns supreme for me although i will say i am a huge stan i've told many people this (laughs) for their boxers they're so comfortable they're ridiculous i was actually talking about this with another friend of mine who had also tried the boxers and agreed with me wholeheartedly. So this isn't me just being a crazy person who's sponsored unsponsored friends of mine agree that the boxers are amazing. Really their products are just super nice and high quality. Uh, definitely well worth taking a look at. Yeah. So they produce great things. Riley and I both love them. If you have never had an electric razor before and you've always been kind of interested, well, now might be the time you get 20% off plus free shipping when you use our code tag team at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping when you use our code tag team at manscaped.com. Yeah, give it a try. You know, it's the best way to support the podcast as well. Um, you know, we don't make any money doing this, but we get sponsors and, uh, you know, and buying their products is uh, one way that you can help support the cast and uh, ensure that we can get more sponsorships in the future. So thank you so much to Manscaped. That's manscaped.com 20% off and free shipping with code tag team keep your pokemon sp looking clean absolutely so with that (laughs) said riley let's get into our top decks of the format it's been a while since we've done it Um, it has i i think you know this break has certainly rejuvenated me to the point where you know yes i have gripes about mew Yes, I think something should be done about the deck, but <laughs> there are other things that are somewhat viable that can that can somewhat hang with Mew. <laughs> thus, I feel like thus, <laughs> you could have cut like half the words out of it, and it wouldn't have sounded so bad that last <laughs> sentence. <laughs> uh, there are some decks out there that can kind of hang with Mew, and so. That opens up the format slightly. So we don't want to run through a top 20. I think that would be, you know, you can you can probably find a YouTube video on the top 20 decks of the format. Um, but here, we're, we'll just talk about the top five and kind of give you some thoughts on what we're thinking about playing. If, uh, you know, if we were to ever to enter a tournament, what would our suggestions be? So, Riley, do you have kind of a, a top five in mind? Do you want to run down uh, what you think? you uh you're thinking here for the best decks in the format right now yeah i think it'd be kind of fun if we almost just like went number by number and and compared a little bit so Mm -hmm. we'll start from the top instead of the bottom because we all know the top spot belongs to drum roll please jw 
Inteleon VMAX. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Double shooting Inteleon VMAX has been reigning supreme on the ladder and in tournaments for weeks now. People are sick of it. It's. <laughs> but actually. What? what dystopian future did I just wake up from? JW wakes up and is not the meta he remembers. <laughs> But actually, Mew VMAX is for sure the number one deck. I think that goes without saying. Uh, the draw is insane. The damage output is insane. The one-hit KO potential is insane. The price trade is super good. I mean, it's got everything you want in a deck and probably a little bit more. So, Absolutely. Yeah, Mew VMAX just completely dominating right now. Even, like, it's so easy for it, too. You know, that's the thing, too, is, like, yeah. anyone can play the deck. Anyone can do well with it. Um, we are seeing more and more counters start to become perfected and we'll get a little bit more into those in in just a moment but uh, mu v max just for the spread the matchup spread that it has its uh, agility its quickness its ability to play a bunch of different cards you know you can you can tech things in you know you can play pokeballs in there you can play switching cups in there like you have so much room to just play any jank you want i think that to me as well is kind of an indicator just of how strong it is like you don't have to play the list that everyone else is playing to do well the deck yeah there was a list that was tweeted out that upset me the other day no gripes with whoever made the list but it was playing two pokemon catcher and two crushing hammer <laughs> in my mind you pick one of them right like you play <laughs> you play four of one of them so you can get to actually use the effect triggered <laughs> it just that really hit me man that one hit triggered. me hard <laughs> yeah yeah if you ever want to trigger riley just tweet out a deck that has you know insane item splits <laughs> so mew obvious number one contender there uh past that though is where i think things get to be a little bit more interesting and contentious so jw i think i'm already aware of your number two spot uh why don't you share that with us yeah i think number two for me goes to jolteon it's the one deck that can really handle the detritus of single prize decks or just random like i feel like just it kind of handles the randomness of uh, the format uh while also taking a slightly and i just mean like by a by a hair a slightly unfavorable matchup to mew it's probably somewhere in that you know 49 51 range so just saying like it can hang with mew v max largely on the back of marnie plus path to the peak but you're doing snipe damage you're only attacking with one energy so the speed with which it attacks and the speed with which it can get up a jolteon vmax and really wreak havoc on the opponent's side of the field um is what's necessary right now in this format to compete so jolteon definitely has it and has a little bit of that disruption as well so my number two is actually different um although i had a contentious number two position and for me i actually think Duraludon is number two, at least mm -hmm. as the metagame stands right now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if we look at statistics from like our recent tournaments, not only is, I think it's Duraludon, Duraludon is, uh, is doing really well in terms of just his placements. And it has such a, a good Mew matchup. And just, and if we just look at like the raw numbers of how these decks are doing against each other, Duraludon is putting up like 60 plus percent win rates against Mew. It's putting 60 plus percent win rates against a bunch of decks. Uh, and that's very, very impressive. A lot of these decks are really reliant on special energy cards. And so I think I think in a vacuum, maybe Jolteon's the better deck. But I think in a positioned metagame, I think Duraludon is really, really impressive right now. Yeah. Are there any things? I mean, have you, have you seen it played that much? Have you played it much at all yourself? Because uh, for me, one of the hardest things about Duraludon is... Just the the draws kind of weak, right? You're you're definitely playing a more um, you're definitely playing a more um, you know kind of like Lucario Melmetal esque deck if you remember that from from the pre rotation meta game um, where it's just you know you're kind of sitting behind you know a couple Pokemon and you're drawing with your Zashian and just kind of waiting for the stars to align so you can get all your Pokemon out. Um, <laughs> are there any things that uh, you're thinking about with the deck that are kind of drawbacks? Like I think the draw of the deck is its major drawback is that um you know, something think, that you believe as well or, or are you thinking like this deck just is the gas you know no matter which way you slice it i think that's true to an extent i mean you do have the zashian to 
to continuously like end your turns on um to like supplement your draw alongside like your adventurer's discovery so you like continue to pluck the v's out of your deck thin it out a bunch slushy in to draw like more cards out of it you know you do that for two turns and you've already seen you know what nine additional cards with your adventures or 12 cards with two adventures discoveries and two zashians so that's like a, that's a decent amount of cards and then you still have your like your researches your aviaries in there so i don't think it's maybe as bad it definitely doesn't feel as good as <laughs> like a marnie or research based deck though i will concede that um but i think it, it gets what it needs out of its deck and to me that's enough <laughs> yeah you know as someone who played a lot of uh the wacky schmacky and only got what I need out of my deck and nothing more. Like, <laughs> you know, that that resonates with me. So Yeah, certainly. And I think the ability alone just to be immune to special energy is like powerful enough that it can like get you there in some games just mm-hmm. without doing anything else. <laughs> yeah. I do I do love the Duraladon list in the sense that it provides an alternate way to play the game just in terms of tempo. Yeah. So most of these decks just go as fast as you can try to blow something up Duraladon, You really have to take this patient mindset. Yeah. And knowing when to, knowing when to attack, knowing when to heal, uh, knowing when to pass in some cases, like can really help you out. Um, and, and just having that matchup knowledge. I totally provides, agree. provides a different way to play and, and potentially a more skill-based way to play the game. So good. All right. So number two, so let's move on to number three, Riley, what you got for number three? I have Jolteon for number three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, quickly following up from your number two, I have my number three is Jolteon. Yeah. Do you feel like Jolteon is a little underplayed right now? Underplayed? Um, I don't necessarily think so. I think it's getting pretty good representation. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, uh, I'm just pulling up the, the last late night. Jolteon got 45 plays as the second most played deck versus Muse 72. I think that's like... Mm-hmm. Pretty reasonable distribution. Yeah. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, could it be played more? Probably. I think, you know, like you said, it does. it's able to hang enough with Mew to, to stay alive, stay afloat. Um, and the the Path of the Peak Marnie strategy is just always going to be, like, an effective option. Uh, we kind of called that out as, like, something that could work versus Mew on day one and... Jolteon's like the one that executes on that strategy the best by a, a pretty decent margin. Um, so, no, I, I don't think it's necessarily underplayed. I think, you know... Appropriate the, the, amount of play. About appropriate, yeah. Maybe slightly yeah. under. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm, I'm looking through these uh, stats as well, and one of the numbers that jumps out to me is actually the, uh, the Urshifu matchup, and not having as bad of a matchup as I thought. So Urshifu and Teleon... Coming in from the most recent late night series, thirty six percent win rate against that deck, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> My... Yeah, thirty six. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. to like the hardest counter, I think that you could imagine, right? So yeah. Uh, <laughs> in any case, uh, my number three is going to be the kind of new hip rogue deck of the format: Sableye, Hoopa, Moltres, Intellion. I think this is one of the more difficult decks to pilot because you're trying to <clears throat> position yourself with with your Raihans and your Claras to get the most usage out of your Galarian Moltres at the end of the game yeah. or your Sableye at the end of the game. And you got to know, you know, turns in advance, kind of how you're going to set up damage. Are you going to go in with Hoopa now? Should you go in with Hoopa to the active or gust around their active. There's a lot of just different moving pieces that you have. And then of course, always the, the Intellion lines where, where are you going to put the damage can be extremely important, especially when you're factoring in, you know, Sableye, which does more damage based on how much damage is on your opponent's active. So a lot of things to consider there and has a, has a fairly decent matchup with Mew. Again, it can hang. Um, yeah. doesn't blow it out of the water, um, but, but certainly has a favorable matchup against it and uh, certainly can hold its own against a lot of other things being one of the only viable one prize focus decks in the format. Yeah. I, I will say the, uh, the Hoopa Moltres deck is probably one of the most satisfying decks to play in the format. You know, you get to get to have your six prize game every time, you know, you've, your opponent has to take a certain amount of turns <laughs> just by virtue of how your deck works. 
uh, which lets you play more Pokemon. And, you know, that's what we're here for. Always a good time. Always a good time. <laughs> One of the hardest things with the deck, I do just want to point this out. If you're thinking about playing the deck, just know that one of your worst matchups is going to be just blanket anything that can snipe. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. the the Jolteon deck can be pretty difficult to beat, especially if they get going early because they can snipe your Sobbles and really just control the board as Jolteon can do. But the the hardest one for me to beat is the the uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu deck, just being able to snipe um, you know, multiple attackers or, or multiple Sobbles or whatever it is on turn two is, is really, really hard to overcome. So yeah. if you're thinking about playing the deck, just kind of weigh your your positive matchups and, and know that anything that can snipe Jolteon and the Urshifu is going to be pretty tough for you. Yeah, I actually, I like that deck a lot. I didn't put it in my top five because the uh, the Jolteon and Urshifu matchups just really are irksome. <laughs> oh certainly certainly absolutely to say the least all right let's go into our number four slot then jw what do you got for us for me that's going to be where we overlap here in duraludon for me that feels like a top five deck um certainly for all the reasons we've mentioned but maybe not as high as jolteon or hoopa for me because i think uh the matchups are a little a little worse for the Duraludon and certainly like there are ways that people can just tech around Duraludon, like playing more basic energy in Jolteon for instance. Right. Yeah. Um, so Duraludon there for me, um, as the format progresses, I would expect Duraludon to kind of fall like the better it does, right. It's just this counter deck. So the better it does, the more people will want to try to play around it. And then it's a fairly, you know, simple. See, but Mew like around. almost can't because they have to Elisa's. Certainly, certainly. So yeah, the, the if, Mew deck probably can't, but if the best deck like can't play around you, <laughs> there's some inherent goodness there. Sure. <laughs> you have to concede a little bit on that. Okay. Well, well, what if what if Mew wasn't as as overpowered as everyone's saying it is? Well, it is. So yeah. Well, it is. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but but Mew can get around, right? Like, just just use your just use your second attack on the V Max. So true. Go through all effects. I mean, it's not it's not a crazy bad matchup for Mew. The thing. I mean, it, you know, looking at the numbers, it's about as bad as Jolteon <laughs> versus <laughs> Rapid Strike. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, the, the, they however, you, however they you fall, play the matchup. Yeah, they didn't know how to play the matchup. However, you fall on the Jolteon versus Rapid Strike spectrum. That's where Duraludon. Yo, imagine, is. bro. Imagine if Mew decks started playing Path to the Peak so they could get around the Duraludon ability. That'd be so nuts, dude. That would be so nuts, bro. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> I'd rather not. All right, how about you? Number four, Riley. What you got? Yeah, number four, I got the Rapid Strike or Shifu deck. I think it's got obviously a bad matchup versus Mew. That goes without saying. But I think outside of Mew, it has a pretty decent matchup spread. I think it does decently versus single strike decks. Obviously, it's good versus Jolteon and Teleon, or at least as good as Duraludon is versus Mew. Um it's pretty good versus like some of those rogue type decks, things like Sableye or Hoopa that you know will sneak in there and try and get some some crazy wins. So I re- I really like Urshifu and Teleon. I always have enjoyed playing it. I I think it's a solid contender in any metagame just due to its flexibility. Um, so if you think you're gonna sneak by some Muse, I think it's a it's a good contender. Yeah, definitely. Well, and and you can beat Mew. We've talked about this on the podcast before as well, where yeah. if you draw perfectly, the idea would be to rapid strike and then they knock you out or rapid strike one and then rapid strike again. They knock you out. You potentially, um, you know, go in with with a Metacham and take an additional turn and then find your last knockout somewhere yeah. in there. So there are ways to win, and I certainly have one with Urshfu against Mew, but yeah, like you said, not a match if you want to go up into uh, with that deck. Yeah, exactly. You have a ch- it's not a com- you know hundred zero. You have a chance. Uh, it just requires like you draw perfectly, and and the Mew to not have any uh, interaction <laughs> with you along the way. <laughs> definitely, definitely. What do you have as uh, 
as your number five then? So my number five, I was between Urshifu builds single strike or rapid strike. I got to say, I like the rapid strike. Rapid, rapid strike, strike for me is the one that I'm, I'm more comfortable yeah. with. I think it's just, just a little bit of a better deck right now with the current metagame. Um, single strike certainly has its, uh, has its, uh, has its merits, but, uh, if it's a, if it's a top five of decks that I, you know, certainly of decks that I would play, I think the Urshifu rapid strike is the better choice. I would agree. I would agree. Okay. Number, number five for you. Number five for me has got to be Metagross of Emax making waves. <laughs> Such a troll, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but actually my number five is single strike i think uh i think it's like significantly worse poised in the current meta than rapid strike to be honest mm-hmm. but i think it's still a solid contender i mean it's more of a high roll deck i would say than rapid strike or any of the decks that i previously listed where you need things to kind of go your way and draw right um but if you happen to get those and you uh you know you hit the right matchups along the way then then single strike is definitely a solid deck still has really good type coverage. It always has. That's kind of been its main benefit. Um, it just, you know, has awkward draws. It has awkward starts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you were to go to a tournament, Riley, what would you play? I would probably play either Jolteon or Duraludon if I was trying to like enjoy myself <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'd play Mew if I was trying to win. Okay. How about you? I'd play Jolteon. Yeah. I'd play Jolteon. More definitively Jolteon. Mm -hmm. I think it depends what I'm feeling that day. Some days I really just want to put damage counters all over the board. Some days I want to put a big guy in front. (laughs) (laughs) Just a massive dude. And ask my opponent if they have it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's one of the fun things about the Duraludon list and the Duraludon deck is that it's kind of picking up in popularity more and more people are trying it and we should start to see lists um you know pigeonhole a little bit in terms of optimal counts of certain things like right now what i'm seeing as being very variable is the team the count of team yell towel like that's just one card that jumps out to me is some people are playing you know four of them some people are playing two of them you know where is that sweet spot maybe it's right in the middle maybe it's three maybe it's four two i don't know but just as more and more people try the deck you know will people play zashian as a higher count or will they even play Zamazenta at all? Like these are kinds of the questions yeah. that we should start to see um, kind of hash themselves out just as more tournaments uh, be played. I think we'll, as a community coalesce around what we all agree is the correct build. And I guess like one last side comment is like Dur- Duraludon is a, you know, kind of a uniquely built deck versus a lot of the decks that we're seeing in the built metagame different. today. It's built different, man. It's, you know, it doesn't have like the traditional draw engine. It doesn't have the Inteleon line. It's got its own thing going for it. I I really want to see that kind of like energy channel into more decks as we go into you know the final weeks of of this meta game and as we move into Brilliant Stars. I would love to see like more variety in the the deck building strategies that we're using because I think there has to be more out there if you know. Why didn't we why didn't we play stuff like this earlier into the metagame? You know, we found it. <laughs> right. So I'm curious to see what's next. Absolutely. Well, I uh I think we left on a pretty solid note here. You know, play Mew if you're trying to take home the gold. Play Jolteon as your second choice. Sounds your side like. piece. Your side side piece. <laughs> it was a little rude to Jolteon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that, that that's what we would do and if you learned anything today the SP stands for special pokemon. If you learned two things today, the SP stands for special pokemon, pokemon M or movie pokemon and if you learned three things today, it's the third one being that you should play Mew or Jolteon at a tournament this week. There you go and I have one more thing to add, Riley. Let's go. What is it? Everyone is going to learn who won the giveaway. Bum, ba, da, da. Who won yeah, so the giveaway, had, Mr. JW? We had a giveaway running this last week where we were going to select three people that 
engaged with the post, retweeting, following, and uh, liking the post. And they would win one of three prizes. So we had the single strike Urshifu and rapid strike Urshifu league battle decks, which are pre-built decks intended for you know players that either are new to the game or maybe don't have a lot of cards mm-hmm. and gives you you know, a, a decent workable deck that you could bring to a league or something uh, with kind of a base list, a skeleton list, if you will, of those main archetypes. And we also were giving away a trainer toolkit. So without further ado, I do want to announce who won those prizes. So congratulations to CADS, Pokemon TCG, Dim Wolf, and at RT underscore Looch. So you guys have won the giveaway. That will be the single strike box to cans, the rapid strike box to dim wolf and the trainer toolkit to Luch. So if you guys could send us in a DM, your name, address, all that good stuff. So we can ship that stuff out to you. That'd be fantastic. Thank you so much to full grip games for sponsoring this giveaway as they have done so graciously in the past so if you're looking for cards singles or to send in bulk definitely check out full group games a great friend of the podcast thank you so much for for sharing that out jw and congratulations to the winners of our giveaway be sure to follow us on twitter if you want to catch more of those i think it's a perfect time to to move into our end bit here so if you want to be a part of more awesome giveaways or keep up with the content we're doing here at tag team our most frequently used social media platform is going to be twitter so you can follow myself at smiles with riles jw at real john walter and the podcast at tag team pokemon we're looking to ramp up our twitter game on the podcast account over the next few weeks here i get more plugged in with it so definitely now is the time to follow if you haven't already and, of course, you can listen to us live every single week at twitch.tv slash munner. JW also streams on his channel, twitch.tv slash flexdaddyrighteous, and he posts YouTube content under the Flex Daddy Righteous moniker as well. Absolutely. So thank you guys all so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors for today's episode, Manscaped and Full Grip Games. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. See ya.